0: a man who seemed to come out of nowhere. Certainly King Ahab of Israel was not expecting this visitor in his throne room, but this man came striding into the throne. He came in a prophet's garb. He was not dressed as the others were in their finery. He was dressed in camel hair he was a man of the desert he'd been hidden away with the almighty God of heaven his name was Elijah Elijah was not willing to accept compromise he was not a gradualist he was all out totally given to the God of heaven Oh, he had fears. He had concerns. But he was going to do what God called him to do, regardless of what that cost him. And he came out of the prayer closet where he had been praying for we don't know how long. James in the New Testament tells us that he was a man like we are, of like passions. He was a man who, knew his God and he cried out before the God of heaven asking for judgment on Israel judgment unto repentance he would not stop requesting this judgment and finally God spoke to him and gave him the message go to King Ahab and deliver the word you have been asking me to stop the rain i will stop the rain for the next few years and i'll tell you when to end the famine so the word of the lord came to elijah he delivered the message in the throne room of king ahab and everyone was so stunned that he turned and walked out, and none of the guards had the courage to apprehend him. He walked out and disappeared. Now Ahab, when he came to his senses, sent his soldiers to capture this man and execute him. But the Lord had already directed him to hide in the Kereth ravine east of the Jordan River, where the ravens were to feed him. And so he went where the Lord told him to go, and King Ahab sent soldiers and emissaries to every known nation searching for this man. But he was not to be found. He was hidden away in the presence of God. well the brook dried up and then the word of God came to him again it seems that often God dries up our brook and we wait on him for direction he's told to go to Zarephath of Sidon where Jezebel the wife of Ahab has her hometown Now, that is the last place Ahab is going to look for Elijah. And the Lord hides him there. And the famine grows increasingly desperate, not just in Israel, but in many other lands as well. Now, after three and a half years, the Lord tells Elijah go and meet ahab when he meets him after three and a half years of searching for this man sending soldiers to execute him assassins to kill him after three and a half years they meet on a dusty road and king ahab said is that you you troubler of israel And Elijah replies, I've not made trouble for Israel, but you and your family, they have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Who are the Baals? Well, there were many in the family of Baal, but there was one primary, Baal. He was looked upon as the God of prosperity. He's saying, you have followed after the God of prosperity and not the God of heaven. This was the God of rain and lightning. Now he said, summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. I mean, Jezebel and Ahab were utterly committed to providing for and caring for the prophets of Baal. They thought their prosperity came from him. In fact, the nation of Israel was the possession of God. But they had turned their back on the living God of heaven And they now serve this demonic entity. They worshiped at the altar. If you please, of Wall Street. They worshiped their investments. And as their Wall Street climbed into stratospheric heights They worshipped their money, their ease, their comforts, their entertainment. Surprisingly, Ahab did exactly what Elijah told him to do. I'm sure he was confident that before all of Israel, he was going to have an opportunity to execute Elijah in public to shame him to kill him and so all of Israel was assembled and the prophets of Baal were assembled on Mount Carmel Elijah went before the people and he asked them a simple question how long will you waver between two opinions if the Lord is God follow him but if Baal is God follow him but the people said nothing now there is not a more disturbing passage of scripture in all of the Old Testament than this one Here, Elijah has lifted up before him and before all of the people. So Ahab and the people all now have an opportunity to be publicly in support of the God of heaven. But they say nothing. How many times I've sat in the church... And the people say nothing. There seems to be a hand over their mouth. No confession of Jesus. No powerful commitment to serve him. No laying aside of their own feelings. No open confession. Jesus is my Lord and I will serve him no matter what. No Repentance, no prayer, just sitting like bumps on a log. Breaks my heart. If you raise something of casual import, like who won the last football game, everybody has something to say, and the animated conversation begins to take place about the next baseball game or the next football player who is going to be named, chosen, let go. But when the topic of who will follow God is raised, there is silence. It's not something people want to talk about. Why? Because they've been sidetracked. They have other issues they're considering. They're upset about this or they're upset about that. They don't want to talk. God set up a test where every person would have to become public. And the and the idea behind this is found in this verse verse 21 this is first kings 18:21 how long will you waver how long will you be undecided how long will you weigh your options and elijah says if the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. In other words, do something. Don't just sit still, don't close your mouth. Step up, make some kind of commitment to action. You cannot follow a God and not move into action regarding what that God calls for. Baal will call for one kind of action and the God of heaven will call for another. But if you are a consumer of religion, if you are a consumer of denominationalism, if it is simply one more pleasant place that you have included in your life, you can afford to waver between two opinions. You can be of one opinion when you sit in church and you can be of another opinion when you're walking in the world. And all of the demands of Baal or Baal come upon you You must do this if you're going to prosper. You must do this if you're going to prosper. No, you must do this if you're going to keep people happy. You're going to have to do this and this and this. You cannot serve both God and Baal, however. And Elijah comes addressing this, saying, How long will you waver between two opinions? One time you're ready to serve God and be committed. The next time you're concerned about every affair of life when will you finally step forward and say clearly and loudly i have only one opinion and that is that the lord is god and i will follow him i will obey him i will do what he has asked me to do Everything I will lay at the foot of the cross, and I will enter into covenant with the Almighty God. You see, you can attend any church you desire, there's one on every corner, and they will allow you to waver between two opinions. I've been crying out to God. And saying Lord would you bring forth a church where men and women can no longer waver between two opinions will you raise up the national prayer chapel in power in revival where everyone is called to immediately make a decision about whom you will follow who is God to you If the Lord is God, follow him. Close the back door. Cut off the self-life. Choose to no longer walk in league with darkness. Choose to totally give yourself now to the living God of heaven. Elijah did not say, I'd like you to consider and think about and talk to your friends about and talk to your family about what opinion you would like to hold. Will your wife or your husband be comfortable with the decision you make about who you're going to follow? Will your children be upset with you if you don't go along with their thought but instead you go with the word of the living god Will you allow sin to continue in your life and in those you are responsible for or will you confront that sin head on and say this must change I can no longer I can no longer fornicate with you I can no longer lie. I can no longer cheat. I can no longer afford to sit in front of the television and feast my eyes on every kind of darkness. I can no longer afford to come before Satan and sit for hours to watch the sports that have no spiritual value and waste my time and sear my mind so that I have no interest in the scriptures. How long will you waver between two opinions? That's what Elijah's question is. And he is asking them to make a decision now, not tomorrow, not after they've had time to consider and and carefully Pull their friends and their family. No, what are you going to do now? And I'm going to be very bold with you. The Holy Spirit, as you've been listening to this broadcast, has been confronting you. But some of you in your cynicism, and some of you in your unbelief, some of you in your arrogance think you can walk with darkness and light at the same time you think you can make an argument for not committing yourself entirely to jesus christ and so you're not comfortable with elijah's proposition if the lord is god follow him and if baal is god follow him because you don't want to lose the money You think you will lose something of value. And so you've listened to this broadcast and you have either turned it off or withdrawn, refused to come to the prayer chapel where you know you would have to lay down your life for Jesus Christ. Instead, you've been comfortable going to that entertainment place or you're not going anywhere at all you know there's nothing uglier than a than a man who thinks he knows the gospel but he doesn't walk in love he doesn't walk in obedience He doesn't do anything to save the lost. He's just concerned about himself and his family. That's about as ugly as it can get. How long will you waver between two opinions? When will you pay the price to bring about revival in Washington, D.C.? When will you commit your money your time, your energy to saving Washington, D.C. with a revival message, with, with preaching that will confront, with, with structures that will teach, with ways to begin to serve the living God of heaven full-time even while you're at your job. when are you going to be willing to say the Lord is God and I'll pay whatever price I have to pay to serve him but the scriptures say the people said nothing one of the hardest tasks I have is to come to this radio broadcast day after day and have you say nothing now a few of you I'm very grateful for you send me letters you send tithes and offerings to help support this radio broadcast I'm grateful to you I could not be on the air if jesus did not move in your heart to supply what is needed but the great majority of you do not send tithes or offerings you just listen to the radio and think i'm entitled to listen to this but i don't have to move into any action i don't have to come and visit the prayer chapel i don't have to deal with my sin People said nothing then Elijah begins to speak he says I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left now he was not the only one of the Lord's prophets left but he thought he was he was very alone because the people would say nothing Baal all has four hundred and fifty prophets His church is full. Prosperity church is packed. The church is filled with worldly music and worldly dance. One church had a man in a a blue sequin suit, sexually dancing on the stage as the worship leader. Everybody was shouting and applauding. He had 450 prophets. That's a lot of pastors, isn't it? He said, get two bulls for us. Let them choose one for themselves and and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, on the altar, but, but don't set fire to it. Now let's be clear. An offering, a blood offering is being sacrificed. There is no forgiveness of sin. There is no removal of sin without a blood offering. But all blood offerings are not equal, they are merely symbolic. They represent something. Their blood offering represented their own blood as they did everything in their power to gain wealth and recognition and to live their normal life Baal was the one they thought who would bring their crops in. And then at Christmas time every year, he would go to the underworld and and then they would put lights out, they would light fires, they would do everything they could to entice Baal to come back from the underworld so they could plant their new crop and get their businesses back on track. He said, I will prepare the other bull. I will put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Finally, the people answer, because now they have an option now they can choose the glorious Baal who is going to answer and provide everything they want against this Lord, the God of heaven. He doesn't have any fire. Baal has lightning. There will be a lightning strike and they will see a glorious show. Everybody was there for the show. so they prepare their bull and he says because you are many why don't you go first and they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon oh Baal answer us they shouted but there was no response there was no one who answered and they danced around the altar they had made but at noon Elijah begins to taunt them shout louder he said surely he is a god perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened that's what the niv translates but in fact that's not what the literal hebrew words say the literal hebrew words are that perhaps he is relieving himself they didn't want to translate that into the scripture so they said maybe you have to wake him up so they shouted louder they slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed see it's their blood being represented on the altar the blood of human effort the blood of human sacrifice of their time and energy for their God, their prosperity. Midday passes. They continue their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. Hear the shouting. Hear the loud shouting. Hear the cries of pain as their bodies are slashed and cut. The blood is flowing. What a bloody, ugly, horrific scene it makes in your eyes as the blood flows and splatters on one another. And even on those watching on the front row, they're splattered with blood too. And the din of the noise, probably the the music that's being played. Oh, it's a show. They'll never forget this show. Everybody is expecting Baal to answer. After all, everything is now on the line. I've not had the courage to say to you, maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe he's on vacation. As you exert every possible energy to accomplish your goals and what you want, and there's no answer. This is hard. Remember, this is people who waver between two opinions so at one point they'll go and worship the living god of heaven and then the next time they're worshiping the baal god they worship both gods just to cover all their bases do you find baal sleeping and do you find jesus sleeping as well Do you find you pray and there's no answer? And you cry out to Jesus and he doesn't answer you and then you find some way to take care of it yourself, maybe with a credit card, maybe the doctor, because Jesus won't answer. And you say, Jesus, are you even there? Are you sleeping? Baal, are you there? How am I going to survive? How can I afford this? and you waver between two opinions, and neither God answers you. And then I hear people say, all I can do is what I can do. I can't do any more than I've done. Well, yes, you can. You can repent. You can speak up for the God of heaven. You can give yourself entirely to Jesus Christ. Of course there's something you can do. You can run from darkness and go to Jesus. You can repent of your sin today and turn your heart over to him. You can do that. You can forget about your religiosity. You can forget your games with God. Now, again, I know many of you who've been listening to this broadcast for a long time You think that you can gradually move and grow in Jesus until finally you can grow out of your sin. You can't grow out of your sin. Gradualism does not work. Gradualism, thinking you can be nourished out of your sin and if somebody will just love you some more, if God will just be kind to you, then you'll give everything to Jesus. No, you won't. And so you just survive in this miserable in-between place where you're not sold out to Jesus, but you know the religious talk, and you're not sold out to Baal because you know you don't want to go that way totally. You just want to go part way that way. Really? When are you going to finally lay your life down, make a decision, and recognize that you are called to revival now in Jesus Christ, which means you confess your honest sins before Him? You make a decision that you will give everything to Him now. And you will serve him and begin to reach other people with the gospel. You will enter now into a revived state of righteousness by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is not your blood, it is the blood of Jesus that makes the difference. When will you make that decision? The frantic prophesying. What is that? The frantic affirmations. I will have that car. I know it belongs to me. God will give it to me. I hear pastors saying, let's make affirmations for what we want because God will give it to you. No, he's not. but all will if you follow him. Maybe. He'll give you a lot more than that. He'll give you hell. Finally, all of the shouting stops. They're exhausted. The people are splattered with the blood of these people who've cut themselves and whipped themselves into a frenzy. They've backed away from the scene. It's so horrific. But now Elijah, serene and calm, says to the people, Come close. No, no, come, come, come close. Come here to me, he says. They come near. And he takes 12 stones, and he repairs an old altar that has been knocked down, one stone for each of the tribes. He does not recognize the division between Judah and Israel. He takes one stone for each of the tribes, and he builds the altar. Now, he says, your name shall be Israel overcomers and with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and then he dug a trench around it large enough to hold about 13 quarts of water he arranges the wood and he cuts the bull into pieces and he lays it on the wood it's dripping with blood representing the shed blood of Jesus Christ He has them fill the large jars with water and pour over it and pour over it and pour over it. Three times he ordered them to pour water over it so that the wood, the stones, the soil, the sacrifice, all soaked with water. The washing of water. The water flows down and completely fills the trench. Then he very quietly steps forward, no show, and he just begins to pray. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me so that these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. I suspect that people did not even really close their eyes. I suspect they were watching carefully to see what Elijah would do if he would try to slip fire into that soaked sacrifice. You know the prophets of Baal were watching very carefully. They did not want somehow for Elijah to do a trick. But suddenly there is fire in the heavens. Imagine the fire of God falling out of the sky, not consuming the people but falling on that altar, and it burned up the sacrifice, it burned up the soaked wood, it burned up the stones and the soil, it licked up the water in the trench. And the people fall prostrate on their faces, and they cry, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God he commands them to quickly grab all of the prophets of baal they're close by because they wanted to make sure there was no trickery here he said don't let anyone get away they seize them elijah had them brought down to the kishon valley and there he slaughters them he kills them now he says to ahab and this is elijah's great mistake and I understand it so well. He says to Ahab, go and eat and drink. There is the sound of heavy rain. He should have said, Ahab, it's time for you to repent. Come and pray with me. He did not call Ahab to repent. He himself did not invite the people. I've been guilty of this not confronting the people I've been guilty of this with you I'm not going to be guilty of that anymore I'm saying come and pray with me come and pray for revival in Washington DC pay the price come and pray that God will bring revival We have a prayer meeting tonight, Tuesday night, at the All Saints Anglican Church. That's the top of Mount Carmel tonight. We're located at 14851 Gideon Drive in Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. It's appropriate, isn't it, Gideon Drive? a company of people who are unafraid, who will not get down on their face and drink from the water, but simply scoop it up because they have a mission. And the mission is the defeating of the enemy. (laughs) If you have ears to hear, hear what I'm saying. Ahab goes off to picnic. And Elijah goes to pray. That has to change. The people and Ahab have to come and pray. I'm calling you to come and pray for revival. I'm calling you to come and be revived and to follow Jesus. To repent of your sin and to be clean before him by his blood. To be changed into his image. We need a small army of faithful men and women who know how to pray, who will obey, who will pay the price. He's praying. He's down on the ground. His face is between his knees. And after he's prayed, he tells his servant, Go and look out over the ocean. Tell me if there's any rain coming. The servant came back and said, There's nothing. Seven times. Perfection. He tells the servant to go back. But the seventh time, the servant comes back and reports a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. I want to see that small group of people rising up that will be the source of god pouring forth the rain of revival on washington dc but it's going to take people who are willing to lay aside their schedules and their pride and be willing to get right with jesus and willing to speak up now i want to tell you There was no revival. Elijah did not start a revival. And the revival did not start in part because of his mistake of not inviting Ahab to come and confess his sin and get right with the God of heaven. And he didn't invite the people to pray. Instead, he let the people go home. They'd seen the show Listen to what the people said. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. But they did not say, The Lord, he is God, and we will serve him. They did not say, The Lord, he is God, and we will follow him. No, they just said, The Lord, he is God. Almost everyone that I speak to. Is Jesus Lord? Oh, yes, Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Well, the devil believes in Jesus the devil can say he is god the devil can say he is the lord but he's never going to say i'll follow him and i'll obey did you know the devil believes more than you believe in jesus believing means not just intellectually understanding who he is but it means that i'm now going to attach myself to him Will you come to Mount Carmel and pray? Will you assemble with God's people to pray? Now, we're nobody. The National Prayer Chapel, we're the smallest of God's people. We're nobody. I'm nobody. But I'm calling you to be in the presence of Almighty God to pray and to say, He is God and we will follow Him and we will serve Him and we will repent of our sins and we will get right with Him and we will lay our life down for Jesus Christ and for revival in Washington, D.C. After seven times, there's just a small cloud small as a man's hand nothing impressive but elijah said go tell ahab hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you the sky grew black with clouds the wind rose a heavy rain came on and ahab took off in his chariot for jezreel And the power of the Lord came upon Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab. He guided his horse all the way to Jezreel. He brought him safely home. Ahab could not wait to tell Jezebel what had happened. And Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow... I do not make your life like that of one of them. And Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. It's time for us not to run for our life. It's time for us to run for Mount Carmel. It's time to make a decision. You've heard the messages on this broadcast, some of you for years, and you've never made one step except to perhaps send an offering. I'm grateful for the sending of the offering because that's how we're still on the air at the prompting of Jesus. We're faith. But I want much more than that. I want a people who will gather, who will pray, who will understand the price of revival for America. You're not going to get a change with President Trump even though you may think he is God's anointed. I'm not going to argue that. There has to be a place where God's people finally say, the Lord, he is God, and we will follow him. And we will serve him. Will you do that? Almighty God, I cry out to you today for every person listening to this broadcast that they would be willing to lay down their money, their time, their energy, and they would begin to pray for revival in Washington, that they would come and worship together in one place to cry out to you, Lord, I wish Ahab had gone and prayed with Elijah. He might have been converted. I wish the people had been called to worship on Mount Carmel and to pray They might have been converted, but as it was, the revival was over and everything ended. Lord, we're not going to make that mistake. Lord, thank you. I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. We're out of time for today's broadcast. I'd like to hear from you. You can come. 7.30 7.30 tonight to pray Tuesday night at All Saints Anglican Church located at one four eight five one Gideon Drive in Woodbridge, Virginia 22192 You can also write to me at the National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give offerings on that webpage. Just click donate. Please hear the word of the Lord today and act on it. And don't act as the Israelites and Ahab did. Confess Jesus is Lord and leave your sin today. Be revived today. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon.